Well, hello there. I'm Dell Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins, and you're watching The Dell and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Real gay. Hi, Dell Shores. Hi, Emerson Collins. You said your name so serious, and I'm Emerson Collins. Like you uh, know, well, no, I was going. To, I was going for a little more masculine for the juxtaposition with oh, real gay. Oh, I see. Okay. I was I trying see. to lean into both stereotypes, both directions. Dichotomy. You were working uh -huh. for dichotomy. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Got it. I got I wanted, it. I wanted the performance to take a turn. It was good. It was good. I I I'll, I I say okay. Yes. How well, are how you? How are you on this Friday? I'm good. I'm doing all right. Just you know, just uh, getting doing by. The I can. Is that what we say? Do I'm doing the best I can, Emerson. Uh -huh. My um, my grandma used to say, getting by. Getting by. It's just those old pitiful Southern women, you know. Uh -huh. I have my good days. I do my best. That's all I can do. All anyone can ask. I just, and then somehow the Lord will get in there somewhere. There'll be something about the Lord somehow. And the Lord will not give me more than I can handle, but he's sure testing me today. Ooh. I think he's testing the world right now. <laughs> and I always hated that. I hated that expression so much because basically what it's saying is, so if you think you can't go on, the failure is you. Yeah. Because God does that. God thinks this isn't too much for you. So if you're really struggling, it's your fault. And why is God giving us these struggles? That's what right. I mean. Why? Why not? not somebody else who's like living the good life and they're awful humans? How about don't? How about don't give me almost as much as I can bear? How about give me less? How about just leave me the fuck alone? I'd settle for that. Hey, everybody. Whether you're watching us on Facebook or on Periscope, on Twitter or on YouTube, say hello. Uh, we are delighted to spend this Friday afternoon, early evening with you. Please share the broadcast with your friends uh, so we can continue to welcome more people to this ridiculous thing that we do. You know, it's been a bit of a week. It, oh, it has. I mean, it's been a, speaking of dichotomy and diverse, it's been a diverse week. There's been crazy shit going on and there's, uh -huh. there's well, always more crazy shit going on. So that man over there, you know, Voldemort, wants to start like the Hitler Youth Patriotic programs. Um, that was exciting. Yeah, well. Did you grow up patriotic? Did, well, um, I did, is why I asked. I think I mean, we did. I did. We were, we were always very much about, you know, rising for that Star Spangled Banner, the Pledge of Allegiance under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. And, you know, my daddy was very much about uh, God and country, you know, so he was a military man. When I tell you that we went so much further, our neighborhood had a 4th of July parade, which meant we decorated our bicycles in red, white and blue for the parade. Like you weave streamers through the spokes. And you put, you know, then and then off the handlebars, you know, I love a flaily fabric. Um, and then my parents, the First Baptist Church of Houston, for a number of years, sang the concert at Astroworld that's now Six Flags at the during the fireworks at the end of the day. So we got to go to Astroworld for free for the day because they were going to sing that night. So I know every verse and every harmony to every patriotic song ever written. And... We would dress in red, white, and blue as a family. 
red or blue shorts. And every year we bought blank white t-shirts and made puff paint designs on the shirt. Well, I will tell you also that I was in the class of 76. So we were the bicentennial. It was ridiculous. Oh, I remember getting the tie that was red and the blue sport coat and the white pants. And, uh, and, and we were the only, you know, here's what a little bitch I was back then. I remember they were back, back then. I remember they were, they said, uh, they were going, we're going to be the only class ever to graduate in red, white, and blue uh, cap and gowns. And I'll go, yeah, and we're the only ones not to wear the school colors. We're the only ones. <laughs> so, yeah. oh my God. I love that way. Also, bicentennial. That means it's attracted to both centuries, right? Yes, which we, we have, uh, you know. Wait, 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 wait because we're also got, if I do the segue, then you <laughs> Don't tip the hand because it's also Bisexual Awareness Week this week. And, you know, I was thinking about people who say awareness. Well, we know they, they exist, but I was thinking about, think about how many homo celebrities we can name and how bisexual visibility, like it is much harder to name like a swath of bisexual celebrities. I think of like Janelle Monet or Michelle Rodriguez, but I can't name a bunch of men that are at that level of celebrity. So Y'all think about not reinforcing bisexual stereotypes this week as we celebrate our bra, our bi brothers, sisters, and other folks. Yeah, I think we we have all come to a better understanding of bisexual, or we at least make an effort, more of an effort, because I think there's a lot of of, and I have to say, I was part of that in the gay community. Was going, well, I don't believe in you know bisexuality, you know. I remember, uh, you know, there was an old joke. Oh, yeah, he's bi. He, he likes men and women, you know, that kind of bullshit. But you know what, uh -huh. what it does is yeah. it counts it. It discounts it and says it doesn't exist. And then I would point to studies. Well, there was a study up in Canada that said that, you know, women, yes, but men, no. And, you know, and he's just waiting to, you know, he, it, bi is a pathway to gay. And, and that's what it was for me, quite honestly. But it's not for everybody. They're right. truly that. Yeah. Well, and also, right, the visibility for bisexuals can be more difficult without saying it anyway, because if they're in a same-sex relationship, people assume they're gay. And if they're in an opposite-sex opposite relationship, people assume they're straight. So they actually have to constantly say it for their sexuality to be present. So just consider that in your engagement this week, you all. I thought you'd enjoy this on the earlier Todd Ward had a bicentennial-themed bedroom, even patriotic curtains. Todd, that's too much. Yeah, that's a lot, Todd. That's a lot. I, if you have a picture, I would love to see it. I would just love you to. Delshores at me.com. Send me a picture. That's like when people say, do you have to be that gay? And I say, yes. But, uh, do yeah. you have to be that patriotic? Uh-huh, I do. I do. I yeah. have to. Yeah, you know, it's like, a, you look. You know, that 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 t-shirt looks really it makes you look gay. I used to go, well, uh, I am. I am gay. So that's good. That's a good thing. I don't do sports ball. Oh, I didn't even notice the, the little. That's my, old, that's my old merch. It was just what was y'all. I got to do laundry. I can't go anywhere and I don't go anywhere. And I'm still wearing every article of clothing that I own before I'm willing to wash clothes. Oh, that's I don't. I don't. I'm very different than you. Hi. Hi, Ray. <laughs> so, hey, everybody. And then one other minor, just because I couldn't get past it. 
we're not going to fall all the way down his rabbit hole, but I, I hope some of y'all were forced to watch as I was Kanye West peeing into his Grammy. I you watched know, it. Water sports. It's making a comeback. It's I'm worried. I'm worried about the Kanye. I'm worried. What? And he got kicked off Twitter for 12 hours. Uh, well, you know, it, I mean, he did post his entire music contract. That's a lot of tweets, sir. I can't. I can't read that much. Well, he also, the reason he got kicked off was he put a uh, Randall Forbes, the uh, editor of Forbes magazine, he put his personal contact and told fans to write him and tell him he's a white supremacist. So, I mean, that'll get you kicked off of Twitter. I mean, that's tough. That's tough. Wait, Ken also, Ken had the entire 1976 Sears bedroom set. Uh, I love that uh, I have contemporaries here from the class of 76. Uh-huh like everybody. Uh, all right, y'all. Well, hello. Welcome. We are sure glad you all are here. Please feel free to comment as we go along. It certainly uh, in uh, keeps us entertained. Uh, Jeffrey, no. To be very clear, I am not a bisexual. I am fully, fully a hummock. Now, I have to say, you know, every once in a while, I do consider that I feel like I wish I had had the opportunity just for the experience. Um, of having a full sexual experience with a woman, but that ship has sailed. And I'm not going to ask some woman at this point to say, I just want to try it to see what it's like. Like it's a little tester at Baskin Robbins. I just want to feel it. I, well, here's, you know, I, um, I went through that period. I've told you this before, but I will tell them that, you know, after my divorce, I was going to Dr. Sandra Baca and I'm by, I'm by, I'm by, I'm by. And then she just, one day she said, so when, since you've given yourself permission to be with men, uh, how many women have you been with? I go, oh, I'm gay. <laughs> the big realization, the realization was like, okay, I from that moment on, I yep. said I'm gay. And of course, many our sexualities can grow, they can change, we can learn new things about ourselves at every era. I say, never wall yourself off, but it is not likely that that's a road I'm going to get down. I'm not going okay. back. I will not cross back over to the, I did not go back on that side of the street. No, it's not. Well, you did buy a house there, you know, so you've been, you live on that side. I don't have regrets. I have two amazing daughters. And so, yeah, we're good. We're good. All right. Well, y'all, what we do here is the LGBTQ news and nonsense, all the things we think are important or silly to share with you. So I'll start off. We haven't talked much about this, but obviously you've all seen the fire crisis that's happening here on the West Coast and particularly horribly in Oregon, where it's burned over a million acres and displaced nearly 10% of the state, 500,000 residents with evacuation orders. Well, there's an amazing lesbian nonprofit organization called Wild Women. Now, they're normally an advocacy group that fosters community for lesbians and queer women, but they have really stepped up to intervene for those who've lost their homes. Now, I'm going to put up this website. Uh, it's a little difficult, so write it down. If you want to donate to the work they are doing, uh, you can go to their GoFundMe there. They've raised about $30,000 of the 100,000 they're hoping to. And I'm also putting it in the chat room. You can just click on that link. Uh, but Lori Warfield is a board member and Jenna, Jean Hanna is the founder. And they said, as of now, we know that 13 women who are in our group have lost their homes in the fire. Hotels are at full capacity. Parking lots are full of fire refugees living in their cars and super, supermarkets are running bare. That is why Wild Women is there to hold their hands. 
Uh, Lori Johnson, a retired 72-year-old from Phoenix, one of the towns that no longer exists, that's Phoenix, Oregon, not Arizona, said, I didn't think anything of it. I went home, decided to take a nap, and as I woke up, the police came rushing in and told me I had to get out right away. All I took my work, keys and my purse. But the women here are so supportive and nurturing. They'd offered me rooms, food, and clothes. I'm excited for this new beginning. So the Wild Women, uh, a group of women who've totally turned their focus. Uh, so if you wanna give them some dollars to support, particularly the LGBTQ community affected by the fires, they are a great place to share some funds. I love that. Well, this week also, Earl Jake Jr., who's got on uh, the Delaware House of Representatives since, night, uh, since 2009, he lost to out-progressive challenger Eric Morrison, a popular local drag queen who performs as Anita Man. Uh, Morrison won 61% of the vote in the Democratic primary, which is great because during the campaign, uh, Jakes had attempted to attack Morrison for performing in drag at a fundraiser. Jake said, that is so far off base for our district, it's unbelievable. You wonder what the point is. You can have fundraisers, I don't care about that, but dressing in drag, really? Yes, really, he beat your ass. Uh, I'm not sure he represents the people who attend those places of religion in this area. If he actually is having a fundraiser in drag, I don't think those churches would endorse that. Um, it, so, by the way, y'all don't know who he is. It's a spot on impersonation I just did. Uh, Morrison in turn noted that uh, Jake's voted against same-sex marriage in 2013, refused to vote yes or no on banning the barbaric practice of conversion therapy for Delaware's LGBT uh, minors in 2013. And Morrison is believed to be the first out gay man to serve in Delaware's General Assembly. History was also made in Delaware as Sarah McBride, known for her work with HRC, won her primary for state Senate. She was the first trans woman to speak at a majority party convention in 2016. And Marie Pinckney, who um, identifies as queer, beat David McBride in 13th district race for state Senate. That's a lot of victories. Three victories in the heavily Democratic state mean that Delaware is actually actually going to go from having no legislatures uh, from the LGBTQ community to having three after the November general election. Yay, Delaware. Hell yeah. I know. Well, and that, that photo right there, the white guy on the right, Eric, that's Eric Morrison. That was Anita Mann, uh, the drag queen before. He, he, he looks uh, amazingly very butch there, uh, Eric. Uh -huh. So a real performer. Look at that. Uh, but also, it's super exciting. And Sarah McBride, who was with HRC, um, it's not surprising that she's gone on into politics because that was when she spoke at the DNC in 2016, that was such a huge yeah. deal. So look at Delaware, like doing all the, uh, doing it, stepping up their representation real big and real fast. Yes, yes. Yay, Delaware. Yes. And in other fun news, uh, SNL, of course, will return this fall just in time to give us a little humor and satire as we head for the final weeks of the election. Uh, but they just announced that they have added three new featured performers, including this uh, lady right here, Punky Johnson, uh, who is a lesbian. So she joins the cast 
uh, along with Bo and Yang and Kate McKinnon, uh, much upping the LGBTQ representation in that cast. Johnson's past credits include Space Force, Corporate, Adam Ruins Everything, and Bill Burr Presents. She performs regularly at the Comedy Store and appeared at the Just for Laps Festival last year. Um, at Just for Laps, she performed a set about how role play saved her marriage. She's been in a relationship with a woman for over 17 years. Uh, one of those role play scenarios, she explained, is a heterosexual couple. She said, we like this game because it makes us feel like we're a part of the real world. And I just find that hysterical, that like their role play adventure is like one of us is straight. Um, and they added two other cast members and they will return October the 3rd and Jim Carrey uh, will be taking on Joe Biden. I assume that that also means we will get Maya Rudolph and her amazing Kamala Harris impersonation yeah. back as well. Emerson, I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you said that Kate McKinnon, who else is uh, LGBT on Saturday Bo night? Yang. I'm sorry, who? Bo and Yang. I did not know that. Well, it's weird. It was in the story. I know, but I didn't know that before this story. I don't the, read, you know what? I don't read your stories when you send me the outlines. I read sometimes, sometimes, because I want to look like surprised and like, oh, oh this is oh, huge. I want to read. Oh, this is this is new information to me. I mean, some of it, of course, I've heard. But uh, yes, Bo and Yang. He's the Asian guy that uh, that he yeah. joined the staff as a writer, and then has appeared in more and more sketches through last year. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was. What's his name? Um, that we love uh, from the Democratic. Uh, what's it? Tim Andrew Yang. Yes, Andrew Yang. Yes, that one. <laughs> the one oh, Asian oh. guy. This is what happens. This is what happens. It's not just about Asians. It's about it's about anybody. My mind, you know my mind. It's oh, absolutely. Oh no, I don't think anybody took that as specific that you like. Okay, <laughs> good. Well, all um, right. Um, John said he's very excited about Jim Carrey. That will be entertaining. Now, someone's name that I will never forget ever is Ricky Martin. And on Thursday, a Ricky Martin visited the Pulse Massacre Memorial site in Orlando to honor the 49 victims of the horrendous attack while calling on Americans to vote for Biden and Harris in November. And he shared the photographs of his visits on, uh, on Twitter and wrote this. We will never forget and we will never let hate when he visited uh, the Despacito singer, Luis Fonsi, who later that night introduced Joe Biden at a Hispanic Heritage Month event. Biden is working to change polls that suggests shoring up support among the Latinx voting bloc has proved a challenge. Uh, Martin uh, called on Puerto Ricans to vote for Biden, Biden, saying he believes everyone has a place in this country, no matter where you were born, what you look like or who you love doing what is necessary for the welfare of our communities in the U.S. And he added this to his Instagram post. And um, look at him, he dressed up so beautifully. They both did and, and visited Pulse. And uh, um, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little surprised. I was watching uh, today some news where they were talking about how um, we, we are slipping in the, the Latinx voting. Uh, by a lot from 2016. So, yep. unfortunately. It was also fascinating on Tuesday to watch that because then a bunch of conservatives tried to make fun of Joe Biden for walking out to the podium playing Despacito because they didn't realize that the reason he was playing it is because Luis Fonsi, who wrote it, just introduced him. 
So by trying to make Joe Biden seem like lazy pandering, they just revealed their own lack of awareness of, of the community because they didn't know the correlation. I was like, so many times people trying to get you on somebody just reveal their own stupidity. Yes. Bless their stupid, stupid hearts. All right. Well, I've tried not to like a hammer on this particular story because it's been so much and we talked about it a good bit. But J.K. Rowling is back in the news this week because she's just released a new book entitled Troubled Blood. It's the fifth in the detective series that she's been writing under a pen name. Now, when she did the first one, people very quickly figured out it was her, but she keeps using the pen name, even though everybody knows it's her. Anyway, central to the book's plot is an investigation of a cold case. And one of the suspects is a man who cross-dresses to get close to female victims. Early reviews and passages show that this suspect wears a wig or a bit of lipstick or some women's clothes to get close to his victim, once stealing his grandmother's underwear and masturbating into it. Now, obviously, that revelation this week, full disclosure, I've not read the book, uh, but this has led to extreme criticism from trans people and allies, given the rhetoric we've been talking about this year from rallying on trans people and trans issues. And it's really interesting and sort of impossible to divorce that she was writing this book while having these conversations, right? I was trying to think about it because as she started saying this stuff earlier this year, there was a little bit of like, what, why, why her, why this issue, why now, right? And so, but the release of this book sort of gives some insight into that, right? She was thinking about this. She was thinking about women's spaces and men invading them which sort of shows how she got to this place about being concerned about men invading women's only spaces, not talking about women who are women. But it does not discount that in order for you to consider that the same thing as a trans issue, you have to mentally not think of trans women as women, right? right. Because right, right now today, say trans women couldn't use the, the appropriate changing rooms or bathrooms or dressing rooms or anything, a man who wanted to could still dress up as a woman and get in there, right? Like just a man who wanted to. He could, if he got a good enough disguise, he could get in there. So allowing trans women to be where they should be doesn't change that. Essentially, the argument drills down and what you're saying is you don't see trans women as women or you think that they have to pass some particular idealized vision of what it means to be a woman so that no one would be aware. But when you do that, you also discount lots of other women who are cisgender because maybe they have masculine features, traditionally masculine features or more hair. You know, it works until you analyze what's at the base of it. But this book really made me think, oh, that that she was writing about this story is why she fell down this rabbit hole into anti-trans territory. I can't get past that he masturbated in his grandmother's underwear. I know. I mean, whoa, 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 whoa. See, and you, you didn't see it, but I had a genuine reaction to that. If I'd read all the story in advance, you had I to fake had it. Authentic re that was, that's a lot. Oh, um, that I is so much. I don't like her. I just, I'm done with her. Fuck her. Uh, Ken, uh, do you think she created the trans controversy to help sell books? No, I don't. And I think this is, you know, it's, it's transphobic things that she said, right? But I think in her mind, she does think, I'm an ally to trans people. I just worry about women in this other area. But there's no way to do that without saying trans women 
aren't women. So right. I think that's why the internal uh, conflict is not aware to her, but clear on the outside. Yes. Um, yeah. Oh, Robert said, I'm wearing granny panties. I ain't wearing I granny panties. No. I no. mean, if that's not a reason not to, I don't know what is. It's just, no, it's not, I did not need that visual. I'm not reading the book, I'm not. Um, well, we, uh, in, in, in Kroger news, uh, we have Brenda C. Lawson, who's 72, and Trudy K. Rickard. I love their names so much. I knew you would. 57, they worked at Kroger, Kroger in Conway, Arkansas. Uh -huh. In April 2019, Kroger issued new aprons that had a blue heart with a yellow and red lines around it. Uh, Kroger has not publicly said the heart was meant to imply support of LGBTQ people. I mean, perhaps it was just pretty, but it was still too much for Brenda and Trudy. And they said they are Christians with literal interpretations of the Bible. Literal, y'all remember this because I got a scripture for them. And they believe the practices of that LGBTQ community are a sin. Both compared, um, to, uh, complained to Kroger about the uniform and, uh, Rickard, who has been with Kroger since 2006, hand wrote a letter explaining that they have a sincerely held religious belief that I cannot wear a symbol that promotes or endorses something that is in a violation of my religious faith. I respect others who have a different opinion. I'm happy to work with them alongside with them. Who Those who desire to wear that symbol, I'm happy to buy another apron to ensure there is no financial hardship on Kroger. Lawson, a deli worker who had been with Kroger since 2011, had offered to cover her heart with her name tag. The two were, were fired. Kroger fired them. They fired their asses. They believed that Kroger targeted them because they spoke out against the rainbow because there were other employees who did cover it up with the name tag, and they just didn't wear the apron, and they were not fired. So the Equal uh, Employment Opportunity Commission is taking the employee side, issuing letters that say there is reasonable cause to believe that Kroger violated the Civil Rights Act of 1964, prohibition, uh, prohibition on discrimination on the base of religion. Their lawsuit is asking for back pay and other compensation, and Kroger is not commenting on the lawsuit. Now, I promised you a scripture, 1 Corinthians 6. It says, when one of you has a grievance against another, does he dare go to the law before the unrighteous instead of the saints? Or do you know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is to be judged by you, you are incompetent to try trivial cases. So if you have such cases, why do you lay them before those who are not standing in the church? Now, Trudy and Brenda, you do not believe the literal interpretation of the Bible or you would not have filed a lawsuit. Also, I love everything about this story. First of all, these hearts are not rainbows. Like that is such a reach anyway. And I love it. She's my favorite kind of bigot that I grew, that I see so much like growing up and going to Baylor. Like she wrote a handwritten letter, which I find hysterical and also said she'd be happy to buy her own apron so as not to cost Kroger additional funds. And you know what I mean? Like it's the worst, best version of that. Like you can tell she's a lovely lady, 
just a little bit of a bigot, just a little bit of bigot underneath. She can't help it. She's just taught that. Trying to be kind, be kind one to another. Uh, but, but she I, does not want that rainbow. She does not. We want uh -huh. our rainbow back. She did. She's absolutely one of them. Wait, I love Jamal. Uniforms can't be sins. That's ridiculous. I know. Like wearing this uniform, I'm sorry. That's just a bridge too far. Sarah Jane, the crow girl on Cedar Springs in Oakland, Dallas. Sarah Jane, I used to park in that parking lot all the time to go to the bars on Friday and Saturday when I was driving up from Baylor my senior year, hiding, hiding from everybody. I have parked there. I have. Parked I know that Kroger well. It was the I first like, time I there. That's the first time I learned people cruised grocery stores, like that that was a thing. I did not know. Yeah, right by the Cheetos. Oh, 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 uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh -huh. That's real good. That's where you wear your gray sweatpants and flop a little bit like the boys do on Instagram reels and TikTok. Yeah. With a cock ring, with one of them cock rings. Uh-huh, fluff it up. Just fluff it up a little bit before you wander in. Yeah, right up, right around. You hit. You start fluffing around the Fritos. By the time you're at the Cheetos, you're just a little. Just, just, uh -huh. just make sure you don't get past half mast and you get too far. Because as you know, that's where you cross over to porn. That's exactly right. It's not. It's not flirty at, at that point. Um, all right, y'all. We've reached the halfway point of our show, which means that it's time for me to do our little commercial break. We do this because we love it. Genuinely, we do do it because we love it. Uh, but we do put in a good bit of work finding a, a variety of stories about our community, uh, entertaining and important to share with you. So if you've contributed to everyone in the world you can think of that needs money right now in the wild women in Oregon, and you still have some funds left over and want to toss a little our way, you sure can. I just put it in the chat. It's in the banner below. You can send us a tip on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to beardcollinshoresproductions at gmail.com. A dollar, five, fifty, a thousand, whatever is in your heart and your wallet to share. Um, which sure appreciate it. We do. And thank you, thank you all who continue to to help us out there. It's like it's like this is like a this is kind of like when we pass the offering plate, right? Exactly right. You We're know, sing a hymn and pass the offering plate. That's right. But y'all now, y'all now look. Now look. <laughs> Those tips are important and they've been getting a little lighter the last few weeks. And I just want to remind people, think of your contributions to candidates and issues as your tithe, correct? And we're more like the Lottie Moon offering. We don't want you to take out of your tithe. We just want you to give a little above and beyond that 10% and we'll keep it. Uh, how many got that reference, Emerson? How many? Uh, yes, Victor, we love that 3209. Victor does do that weekly and it's hilarious. We appreciate it. Yes, we've had a few of those incarnations that, that with decimals at different places, which we do appreciate. Yeah. Um, um, so, uh, yeah. Um, but yes, that was a very specific Southern Baptist reference. I know. And Annie else. Armstrong, do you remember the Annie Armstrong Christmas offering? There was the Lottie Moon and then there was the Annie Armstrong as well. Or did we they knew. There was a different, that wasn't Annie Armstrong, wasn't ours. It was the Lottie Moon and then somebody else, but it wasn't Annie Armstrong. That's not the name oh. of it. I think uh, Does anybody, any other former Southern Baptist? Thank you, Rob. All right, well, I'm gonna get on to this next story. Well, y'all help us remember who we gave to at the holidays. We always did like missionaries, the foreign missionaries that were our church missionaries, then Lottie Moon and then one other. Um, an interesting trivia, the Census Bureau this week just released new data 
stating that there are were approximately 980,000 same-sex couple households in the U.S. as of 2019. 58% married, 42% unmarried, slightly more fem female than male. Obviously, that doesn't represent all gay, lesbian, bi people since some people live alone or with family or roommates or are unhoused. Obviously, there are bisexual people and opposite sex couples that wouldn't count in that either. But interestingly, on average, same-sex households that, read, that responded as households make about $11,000 more on average annually than opposite sex couples. However, when you split it up by male and female, Male households make almost $36,000 more per year than female. And female same-sex couples make about $9,000 less on average than opposite-sex couples. Uh, they did say the highest concentration of same-sex couples were in Washington, D.C. at 2.4%, then Delaware, Oregon, Massachusetts, and Washington. I just found that kind of interesting. And that is why we got that drag queen. Anita Mann winning. In Delaware. Delaware. In, the male to female ratio was shocking. Yeah, y'all, it's such a great example how, like even within our community, the, the disparity between earning potential um, for men and women. Now, certainly what industries you work in can impact that. We don't want to oversimplify. Uh, but still, when the, the number is that disparate, uh, even taking into consideration different industries, that's a significant uh, sex difference. Uh, and how much uh, money can be brought in. And that's why we're, we're, we work to address that. Yes, and okay, uh, going to a little Texas news, Emerson and I are both Texans, or uh, we were at least. Uh, the Texas State Board of Education, dominated by Republicans, rejected proposals for a new LGBT inclusive curriculum, including basics like learning the definitions of gender identity and sexual orientation, as well as a proposal to teach middle schoolers about consent. Uh, Ruben, Ruben uh, Cortez, a Democrat from Brownsville, made the suggestion at a board meeting saying that middle and high school students should learn the importance of treating all people with dignity and respect regardless, regardless of their sexual orientation and gender identity. He said tearfully, one of my children this summer came out to us and the fact that she had to bottle that in for years thinking that we wouldn't accept her. It's difficult to imagine what other students who don't live in a tolerant house would go through if we don't insert language like this to help our students. However, the board shot down his proposal insisting that it should be up to individual Texas school districts whether they even mention LGBT people in sex education classes. Lawmakers did give preliminary approval to a new policy on teaching children about birth control methods other than abstinence. Now, this is the first time that the board has attempted to update its minimal requirement for health and sex, sex education since 1997. Abstinence only education has been linked to Texas having one of the highest teen pregnancy rates in the United States. Wow. Hey, I'm going to interrupt because somebody just said uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg just died. Five minutes ago, NPR politics, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg dies at age 87. Jake Tapper says, uh, died this evening surrounded by her family at her home in DC due to complications of, panc of her pancreatic cancer. Um, so that is a huge loss for 
equality, for the advancement of women's rights, for the incredibly vital work that she fought, starting with women's uh, lib, and the incredible work that she's done defending our community, the way that she's spoken on behalf of equal rights and opportunity for people of color, for LGBTQ people, uh, for women in employment. Um, you know, I feel like she's in that place where we've all watched her like she could do forever. She keeps going into the hospital and she's out the next day. Um, what a lion of our justice system for her uh, as a loss for all of us. A loss for us. I just wonder how this is going to um, play out. Well, he won't, he won't get a justice, if that's what you're thinking. You know, remember the last time we were so much further ahead of the election when they refused to seat Merrick Garland? If our Democratic legislators don't filibuster or whatever it takes uh, to stop uh, Trump appointing. Another, another reason to vote Bi Biden-Harris. I mean, this is just awful. I mean, if you haven't seen the amazing documentary about her that uh, CNN did a, a couple of years ago, please just, I'm sure they'll replay it tonight. Uh, and this and this really is, you know, we talk about so many issues. Um, the Republicans do so much better uh, than we do at paying attention to the importance of the courts in every administration. I mean, Trump, his team has filled so many court positions at so many levels in ways that will impact how uh, the analysis of legislation and its legality is for a whole generation. And if we don't stop the functioning of our government to ensure that he doesn't get the opportunity to fill this seat, that's on all of us. And I mean, that is like, calling our people, getting into the streets, whatever it takes, because they did not seat Merrick Garland for months and months and months and months, wouldn't consider Obama's nomination. So certainly less than two months from the election, uh, we have to do whatever to make sure that uh, they are treated the same way they treated us. Absolutely. But you know who's going to rush this and he's going to use this and... Uh, well, because we talked about here on the show the other day or last week of the people he's considering, right? Ted Cruz. Just, uh, just a, a nest, we said a nest of bigots. That's what yeah, he's a parade of bigots. But um, I mean, in not getting away from that, that aspect, we must just for a moment, like celebrate what she did for us and and the 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 years that she she fought for everything that that our community um some a life well lived that's what she um she was this is really yeah. i mean like the the impact that she had on who we are as a nation and what we stand for and how we define the things that we stand for and holding us true to the ideals uh, that our constitution is supposed to stand for regardless of who is in uh the white house so and man we were, I, I nobody nobody fought for her health more than I, I i just i mean it was just one thing after another and i mean you got pancreatic cancer i mean we know i, I mean i my best friend died of pancreatic cancer and it was a two-year battle and she she survived it once and then it recurred and uh 
yeah. it wasn't just that. I mean, several several bouts of other cancer. But uh, and there, you know, the movie that that uh, also came out was uh, it's not perfect, but it it's also worth watching. Yeah. And it's a reminder, you know, and, and it's a reminder when people start giving you, well, Joe Biden, da, 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 it doesn't matter. At this point, the, there are only two options. We do not have room for those conversations because whoever goes in is the person that makes these decisions. So it is that simple. Um, and we'll certainly have more responses and I'm sure discuss this on Tuesday. Would you want me to do the next two real quick so that, um, yeah, are you yeah. good to do Ricky, to jump on to Ricky? Uh where, where were we? I'm sorry, I just got so. Uh, I'll do it. You want me to? You get the the England sex or that's no Ricky. Do you I just do you want to go on to Ricky? Are you ready to do that? Ricky Martin? No, Ricky. Keep reading the outline. Oh 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 oh! oh I skipped. I, you said skip the next two. I apologize, Emerson. I mean, okay. oh, it's quite all right. We think we just had a lot happen. Uh, oh, yes. So so Ricky Punquera. Uh, is running for a state rep. Yeah, in this Florida. is our LGBTQ spotlight, y'all. Yeah, so Rick, Ricky uh, Junquera, I believe is the way you say his name, is running for state rep in Florida. His race is expected to be close and he needs fundraising support. He's a Cuban-American raised by a single mother and grandmother. Uh, Ricky has worked as a campaign communications director, regional press secretary for the Sierra Club and vice chair of the Miami-Dade Democratic Party. He says, my, my mother and grandmother reminded me daily of the importance of improving myself in my community. I carry this with me daily. He's running for better health outcome for his mother and better economic outcomes for his working class community. And he's got a very easy uh, website to remember, voteforricky.com. So if you want to uh, give to his campaign, please do. And that's in our, you know, picking a couple of races each show to focus on. And I will say I posted about Ricky on Instagram, posted my donation receipt, and they got back to me instantly. At these smaller levels, you know, further down the ticket, they have less support, they have less, fun, less funds. So contributing to those people, it's even more impactful to what they can accomplish. So he's doing great work uh, down in Florida. And then on the flip side, in our Senate spotlight uh, this week, we are turning our attention to Arizona, uh, where Mark Kelly is taking on uh, Martha McSally. Well, now, if you don't know, Mark Kelly is the uh, husband of former representative Gabby Giffords, uh, which she, she's an incredible inspiring icon. He is a former U.S. Navy combat pilot, engineer, and NASA astronaut. So they've done a few things uh, in, in their lives for our country. And Martha McSally that he's running against uh, is the one who lost to Kirsten Sinema, the bisexual senator. But two months later, she was appointed to finish uh, John McCain's turn. So she lost and then ended up in Congress anyway. So Mark Kelly's doing really well against her. Uh, but we want to ensure that that's one of the seats that we definitely flip in November on our journey to taking back the Senate to support Biden being able to enact uh, his plans with a supportive Congress. Yeah, it's, uh, every, every day, I, you know, you know, I'm obsessed with polls and even with the, the error in polls. And I go to real clear politics and always look at those uh, battleground states. And he is doing really, really well right now. It would it would be uh, hard for him to lose at this point. So, um, but we must, we mustn't 
take anything any, for any seat, any place for nothing, granted. Nothing. We must vote. We must all turn out to vote. Uh, young people, y'all, the five of you who are listening to our show, <laughs> please, you must get your friends to vote. Uh, yes. uh, Rick Wiles, a far-right evangelical Christian broadcaster, uh, is and he has made national headlines earlier this year with his far-right conspiracy website, True News, T-R-U. Uh-huh. wrong. Got White House press credentials. He has blamed transgender children, gay activists, and Jews for the spread of the coronavirus in the U.S., um, and his site is known for extreme anti-Semitism, homophobia, and just a blatant disregard for facts. This time he's warning his viewers that they shouldn't vote for Joe Biden because, okay, are you ready? Are you ready? Because his running mate's name is idolatrous. Senator Kamala Harris's first name, he said, is not a Christian name. He said she was named for a Hindu goddess. Is that who we're electing, a Hindu goddess? If my mom and dad named me for a Hindu god, I would go to a court and demand I would want a Christian name. I wouldn't want to go through life with a Hindu god name. I want a Christian name because to me, it would be a curse to go through life named for a false idol. Richard, Rick, you look like a dick to me. I like, I mean, that's the level of absurdity that is comical to me if it's not also terrifying. This is Rick from TRU True News. Uh, also, you know, I have a thing. I can't trust people that spell words wrong on purpose. The thing is, he's so dumb. I don't know if he's, if it's on purpose. He has a weasel look. You know, that weasel face that just that weasel. Yes. But like, and real, like that is the level of like backwoods bumpkin deliverance preacher. Well, her name is from a Hindu goddess. It's like those racists who wanted to call Barack Obama an, a, a Muslim because being a Muslim is inherently bad, obviously in their point of view and always said Barack Hussein Obama, like tying him to having a name related to Saddam Hussein was like other people are stupid. Well, you can't trust a Hussein. You know about them. Barack Hussein Obama, Kamala, Hindu goddess. No, well, I remember Richard. His name must be Richard. Rick, right? Rick, Rick. Uh -huh. Is that there's not a disciple named Richard, but I guess that's supposedly a Christian name of some sort. Um, I mean, you know, well, you know, that's just it's just a good old white, good old white British name. Boring white. Can't I trust those names. Delford. What do you do with Delford? What, what is the word meaning of Delford? What's the like origin uh, meaning? A uh, brilliant, handsome man, or something like that. That sounds absolutely correct. It was. Uh -huh. uh, it was either that or genius. I can't remember what my mother. <laughs> what is it really though? It's just you know. My mother just made it up. She, she made it up. Are you the only one? Have you ever looked? I have looked. There are a few of us. There are a few of us. But even spelled wrong. Like mine is D E L F E R D, as you know. And there are lots of D E L F O R D. But uh, oh, oh, that extra E made you special. It made me uh, well. Yeah, my mother said she read an article that if you read, you named your uh, children unusual names, they would be very, very creative, and they would be very different. <laughs> yeah. She, there was some validity to that. John said, John means gift of God. 
That seems a little better than Dalford. 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 What does Dalford mean? <laughs> um, all right. Well, in another story, this is a little niche, but I don't care because our whose show is it? The Dell and Emerson show, and I want to talk about this. Our show. But some of y'all might not be familiar. Now, uh, in the early 2000s, uh, a, a contemporary Christian music band exploded onto the scene called Avalon. I was just obsessed with them in college. Um, I'm going to show you the picture of their first, first album. It was called <laughs> Amazing Grace, uh, but it was Amazing Grace, like with a space, you know, tricky wordplay. Now, look at that photo right there on the left. The blonde is named Michael Passens. Um, and I was obsessed. They had two songs, Testify to Love and Adonai, that in my like Christian uh, uh, journey, um, I would listen to those songs in college and sort of cry sing them, you know, like, please take this away for as long as I shall live, I will testify to love at night. Like literally like sob crying in my car by myself to these songs. You're welcome. They were on my cry playlist. Um, well, so this week, um, Michael Passons actually has been out uh, for a while, but it's not like talked about a lot of places. And he was the first member of the band in 1995. This week, he was on a podcast called the Jonah and the Whale podcast with Josh Skinner. I love that. And he told the story in a way he's never told it before. In 2003, he says, Avalon showed up at my house and told me I was no longer in the group. And it was all because of who I am. They came alone, but they'd been speaking with management and the record label before they visited my house. He said he was blindsided by the decision. He said he was required to attend some reparative therapy sessions that did not go well. After about a month, I said, look, I'm not going back to that guy. Let the chips fall where they belong. And it wasn't long after that, that a member of the group had begun to form an alliance with management label and other members to kind of help speed up the process of me not being in the group anymore. He was replaced shortly after that by member Jana Long's husband, Greg. So he doesn't say who was the ringleader, but he did say Melissa Green, another former member of the band who is now a pastor, was one of the group that showed up at his house that day. But they are now very good friends after she, in his words, helped me through this season in my life. I looked it up and afterwards she posted on Instagram in support of him saying, today is the first time that Michael is sharing the truth of his story, part of our journey, what happened 17 years ago upon his departure from Avalon and where he is now. I wept as I listened for so many reasons. Aww. I'm also deeply grateful that we have grown so much together that I have changed so much over 18 years and that he is finally able to encourage others with his peace and freedom. He added, I'm a gay man and I'm glad to be. At the time I was conflicted because I was involved in a culture where that was not accepted. I knew if I were honest, I would lose my career. I would lose many things. And I did end up losing all those things I feared I would. That story just really touched me personally because literally the music he was making was the soundtrack to my own spiritual difficulties. And to hear that he was going through that while making the music that was helping and hurting me at the same time. And to hear how he and one of those band members are great today because she has grown as he has grown. I, I wrote him a DM on Instagram and said, I just want to add to the voices saying, thank you for telling this story. And may we and our stories make sure that there are not boys behind us going through that same thing. And he wrote back a very uh, sweet message. Oh, he wrote back? 
Yeah, he wrote me back. Um, oh, I and love I was really well, you know, I, I, I love I love that we can celebrate people who are in our lives who had a change of heart because of knowing us. And I have to, you know, I, that my friend right there who passed away, Shirley McSorley uh, Myers, she, we had a falling out after um, I came out and then she, she wouldn't come to my marriage or my wedding and uh, had a big falling out. And I said some things I probably, uh, I, I do regret. I said some awful things back to her. And then she reached out to me and she apologized. And she said, I've had a change of heart. She had a trans uh, 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 niece uh, and uh, really was supportive. And we we ended great before she passed away. So um, I um, love Lori for that reason. I just love hearing her her evolve, you know? Yeah. The Well, and, and it's interesting, you know, Rob said Jennifer Knapp is openly gay now since 2012, of course. And then John also said, I had three musicians in my life that were fired from Christian jobs because they were gay. And I was telling Blake last night after reading about all this, there was a guy that worked at the gay piano bar when I first started going out in Dallas that I learned he was once in the band True that was big in the 80s and 90s and then came out. The Christian fraternity while I was at Baylor, after we graduated, there was a rumor that they had to have a meeting about all their gay alumni. You know, how often us like sissy choir boys, so to speak, have been through that same journey. Um, why don't we skip this next story? And you know, there are people who have joined that don't realize we already talked about this. And let everybody share how you're feeling about Ruth Gator, Bader Ginsburg. Yeah, let's wrap. Let's let's give some space to commune together. I feel like that's good. Yeah. Yes. Because yes. um, y'all, we we talked about it a little earlier for those just commenting who just joined us. But feel free to share what what that makes you feel, how you're doing. Uh, what's going on with you heading into the weekend? We'll just sort of wrap, let's wrap up with a, a community commune uh, because we love doing this with you all. We, you make us feel good when we do this show and and let's, you know, sort of fellowship together as it were, uh, yeah. as we yeah. often uh, do. Um, so yes, to those of you sharing it, we talked about it for a good little bit, the specifics. So everyone that's here uh, does know, let's see Victor said, uh, let's show these guys some appreciation for getting through the show. Surely not easy. Um, you know, honestly, y'all, I can't think of a better place to be and learn this news than be, uh, than be here with you all rather than just sitting alone in my apartment. I, I, when bad things happen, you, you spend it with people you love and I could not be more grateful uh, for you all and the time you spend with us. And obviously there'll be some of you watching this show back later. We get, we, we get tips late at night. That's how I know some people are just now watching the show, so sending our love uh, to, and yes, we talked about, O'Connell is already talking about filling her seat. Y'all, I don't care. They fucked us so hard with Merrick Garland. I don't care what we have to do. I will be out in the streets. I will drive my little Corolla to Washington, D.C. if we have to shut down the country uh, to make sure they don't get the seat they didn't let us have last time. Yeah, it uh, was, if, there were, if they think that these protests were something which they were, and not to discount them on any level, I think there will be more. And um, yeah, just- um, Y'all, I will risk, I'll put on my mask and social distance on my way through the streets. Uh, this is, these, this. there are times when we have to be willing to shut it all down and a whole generation of, of uh, legislation related to equality. Uh, we will stand in the gap for these two months for Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who fought so, clearly fought so hard to continue showing up and doing her job until she felt good about who would be uh, replacing her. 
And I, I, I went up on the name of the movie, but it's called On the Basis of Sex. And if you didn't see On the Basis of Sex, it's really, uh, you know, like I said, it's not a perfect movie on any level, but it does give you such amazing, her journey. And um, so. Uh, um, and also, you know, we will do what we can do on this, but feel free to share what you're gonna do this weekend to take care of yourself, share good news, uh, whatever's on your minds. We're uh, Zana said, I put CN on muted in the background. She belonged to all of us. I really agree. Uh, Rob said over on YouTube, I'm gutted by this news. And your uh, Carrie is, of course, here, our passionate activist. Uh, John Martin, we must get him out. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you want That's my daughter, Caroline Shorts. That's my ex Get rid of Trump. It's like, y'all, that's all I know how to do right now, right, is be active. I didn't tell y'all I meant to. I finished my training sessions for both texting and phone calling so I can start next week uh, texting and calling for Biden. And Jamie Harrison in South Carolina, the new poll that came out this week, he is completely tied with Lindsey Graham in the most recent poll. Yeah. We've got to push him up past Lindsey because at the last minute, the name recognition of Lindsey Graham so y'all, those are two really big ones. Uh, Jamie Harrison, J-A-I-M-E, Harrison.com. But those are going to be who I'm caring about. Um, Robbie's so bummed. Who was it? Rob said they don't care. They don't care about protests. They will see the conservative at any cost. That may be true, but y'all, other countries in France, they shut their country down in protest. In Hong Kong, they've been protesting, protesting every single day for months. In South Korea, they shut down their country. In Poland, they shut down their country. In Germany, they shut down their country. The closest we have ever gotten as a people to protesting to the level that other countries do on a regular basis was the March for Women in that January after Trump was elected. That's the closest we've ever gotten. Other places, they do it daily for months. We gotta be willing to put our, 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 put our feet and our money where our mouth is. Yeah, and I think, you know, uh, my daughter said, she said, we will continue to fight in her honor. And that's a great, a good way to do it as, as we, as we go forward in this election, it is, it is imperative that we continue to just fight and get the word out. And um, where are you going, Emerson? Well, in lighter news, because we don't want to send you all out bummed out, Rob said, show us your Halloween wreath. Okay, this is my Halloween wreath. It's hard to see because it's black, but it started out completely brown. And Blake wanted to do like Disney villains. So we have uh, Maleficent's flame, Captain's hook, uh, Dr. Facilier's hat, Ursula's tentacle, Jafar's staff, and the evil queen's heart box. And then little like Venus flytraps. I cut apart all these little things. Uh, it started out as just a brown wreath. So that's our Halloween festivities. Yes. Uh, and, and you did it early. It was early. Well, y'all, I mean, what else is there to do? I'm going to phone bank and phone text, and, and then I'm still just sitting around. Uh, Kitty said, it's scary to protest with heat guns, paintball guns, and everything police want to hurt us with. Look, y'all, we've talked about, and everyone should only do what you can do, right? If you feel comfortable, go out. If you don't, donate. If you can't donate, call. There is something we can all do that suits our skill set mm -hmm. and our comfort level. The only thing we can't do is sit at home and feel frustrated. If you can donate $5 to a lower level candidate, that's huge for them. If you can spend a Saturday calling, that's a big deal. Each of us should give within our ability to give. Yeah. And, um, 
and and just oh i'm i'm out of words this is just this has been a hard show it so, is so be but it's back to you know y'all don't do more than you can do but try to do a little bit more than you think you can do that's what i'm doing right now right i can't solve all of it i can't do everything but i can spend a few hours making phone calls or a few hours making texts and it doesn't require any financial obligation it's just time um and that's a concrete action that i can take right so that's yes. break it down into what you can do don't get overwhelmed by the big find small things that feel like an accomplishment to you and then next time try a little bigger thing that's the only way i'm keeping from my anxiety going crazy or being overwhelmed by the the futility or the darkness of it all i'm not trying to change trump voters minds i'm trying to motivate non-voters you know that's, set your that, expectations and reachable goals for yourself. I think that's a wonderful thing. And, and you know, we can say things like, you know, Lindsey Graham has to go, uh, McConnell has to go, but then, but how, how do we help them go? We support Jamie Harris and we support Amy McGrath, you know, and because those, ne those, I mean, people don't realize that those are big, big profile Senate seats and they are neck and neck right now, both of those. So we have, we need to do all we, cause we can flip that Senate and uh yes but we boy we have to we have to honor ruth bader ginsburg by keeping her seat vacant yep. before we get well it's like and look rob just said i'm very active in tulsa local democratic party i'm a precinct director and a precinct officer you know there's so many things uh there are so many ways to be a part right it doesn't all have to be like making the biden campaign you know it matters at every level uh well, find a small way you can be impactful and do it commit to doing that one thing and you know uh, emerson yesterday you know that i i visited beverly d'angelo and she told me that she did exactly what she did and she's been phone banking and she yeah. said say my real name i say this is beverly d'angelo and i'm calling to because i'm supporting joe biden and she said about a half of the people recognize the name and then we get in a little conversation and i go yeah I'm, I'm, I'm voting for it. So I just love that she did that. And then she was going, and they've, you know, because of the pandemic, they closed down my polling place in this garage down the street. So I just offered up my driveway. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, it's like, I decided yesterday after the phone banking, I'm going to sign up to be a poll worker here in Los Angeles for that, like that eight day period where the polls are open. I'm going to get my mask and my gloves and I'm going to go because the last time I was at the polls, I was frustrated by the process and the communication. So what can I do? I feel safe and comfortable doing, I'm not saying everybody else should, but that's the thing I'm feeling comfortable I can do uh, if I put in good practices that I'm willing to take that risk to contribute to my area. And maybe they won't need me, maybe they will, but that's something I can do because I don't have a lot of money, but that's the thing, a way yeah, I can yeah, do I, I love that you're doing that. So yes, um, join Julie and say thank, thank you for doing that. I mean, Judy, yes. But also, y'all, I don't want to send you out. You know, this this is really hard news and we've commiserated together. Um, remember, the other important thing is to take care of yourself. Take care of your well-being. Take care of your mental health. Turn off the moon news when you need to. Do something for yourself. Watch a movie that makes you feel good. Take care of yourself this weekend. We are in a, running a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, FaceTime somebody you hadn't talked to in a while that makes you laugh. Do the things you need to do to take care of yourself to be able to be continue fighting and know when you need to step away you know it's a luxury to be able to step away for those of us that can but take the time to do that so that you can start a new day with a new attitude and get back to doing the work 
Like you cannot fight if your spirit is drained, if your emotions are drained, if your bank account is drained. Um, take care of yourself and all of those things. One, one thing that I, you know, since we're going over and we're just like talking now, so I just want to say that um, I I have felt that that what you know what we're talking about the the anxiety and 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 just being cooped up and and it's been it's been really helpful to me. Well, sorry about that. It's been um, really helpful to me to get out. To get, and not, I don't mean go to the store because that makes me anxious, but I have been masking up and walking around uh, the hills here. And uh, that's that's been helpful. And in visiting yep. people in a social distance way, just sitting across from my friend Ed and hiked with him today and my friend Beverly yesterday and, and you, Emerson, whenever we can sit across a table from each other, that really helps. And knowing now what we know, keep away, don't hug, don't do any of that, be safe but at least have some human contact because y'all it's, it's getting old with these three chihuahuas. That's um, right. And as Teresa said, write a letter, write an email. Like y'all money isn't the only thing. Jigs just said giving to MJ Hagar right now in Memorial for RBG. Don't worry. She's on our li this list uh, of candidates to spotlight. Um, there's all different ways to be a part of it. Um, so do a little something, take a little break, take care of yourselves. And I do want to say, because it's shameless and necessary, I want to say a huge thank you uh, to the people who are able and choose to uh, contribute to us. Uh, Steven Silha, Ray Jarvis, Erica Kopage, thank you for your tip contributions. Y'all have no expectation, uh, but we appreciate those of you that are able uh, to make a contribution in that way to support the work that we do. What are you going to do this weekend, Dell? Are you going to do something to take care of yourself? I am going to do a few things. First of all, I'm going to um, uh, tonight. I'm going to uh, have dinner with my daughter Rebecca and Matt Hayes coming over. So I'm cooking for them, and I think now we'll figure out a way to honor Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, tomorrow, I'm teaching acting. I love doing it. I am teaching some good, wonderful actors, and I know you're doing that as well uh, uh, over the weekend. And on Sunday, I do the same. And then uh, I, I'm going running over to Newell Alexander's tomorrow because he's turning 85. Ward uh -oh. 85 years old on, on, on Sunday. I love that man. Uh, he's my family. And so just going to go over and take my, my bitches and see his new dog with them and uh, celebrate his uh, amazing life. Uh, amazing. And thank you to Bob and Victor for your in the PayPal. I have to check two different places. And as Teresa said, to remind us how they can contribute, you can tip us on Venmo at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. And yes, Blake and I are teaching our musical theater workshop tomorrow, acting through song. And I'm really excited. It's a fun way for us to contribute to some of our experience uh, to coach and help some other people along and, I, and that we're probably going to keep leaning in. Oh, it was a story and we're so far over. Who cares? Uh, Ratchet premieres tonight. Sarah Paulson in Ryan Murphy's uh, new series, the prequel to One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. We watched One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest again last night to prepare. So we'll probably watch uh, an episode or two or three or six of that tonight because I watched Sarah Paulson do anything. Cynthia Nixon plays her lesbian lover and Sharon Stone and Judy Davis. I mean, it is that is not like a queer dream. I don't know what is. And you know, Emerson, uh, you know, I don't know if you remember this, but I back in uh, a long time ago, Louise Fletcher and I 
we're friendly. We went to a lot of dinner parties at our friend Ronnie Claire Edwards' house, and Louise was fantastic. And I, my favorite Louise Fletcher story was that she told me that she and uh, Ellen Burstyn made an agreement because they kept getting recognized in each other, and they just decided that it was okay to sign each other's names, that they just weren't going to deal with it anymore. That's hilarious and amazing. Kitty said, a very sort of wedding is her go-to. And somebody, Kitty, it might've been you earlier that said, I'm so sorry, I can only tip a little bit. Y'all, to be really clear, we do this because we're shameless and we're poor artists and don't know when we'll be working again. But when we say don't give to it, like we are, we have, we're fortunate to have some fans that are well off. If you're gonna miss your money, don't give it to us. No, please don't. If don't. you even have to tighten your belt a little bit to give it to us, don't give it to us. We are just talking to the privileged among our people who can throw us some money and not miss it. Yeah, that's the way we, that's the way we, when we make our movies, we always tell our investors, do not invest in our movies if you're gonna miss it. So it's the same that's right. here. Tony, Ratchet's on Netflix, y'all. So, hey, y'all watch a couple of episodes. We'll probably talk about it on Tuesday because I'm certainly gonna watch some. I'm gonna watch right, some. Well, that's uh, Thank oh, y'all. I'm glad I, I hope this helped me. Uh, good to sort of mourn and commune together and be motivated together to do what we can to honor Ruth Bader Ginsburg's legacy and her enormous body of work by doing the work we can do to make sure our, we are in the position after November uh, to continue to do the kind of work that she would have. Yes, and uh, and like you said, Emerson, I'm glad I shared, we shared it with all of you guys because... Um, we experience genuine emotion, but we experience um, every day. I try to start my day with gratitude. And one of the things that I have to say that I will say right now and I will say tomorrow, I am so grateful for uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and all that she did for uh, everybody, but especially our community. All right, well, we will see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend take care of yourselves, be kind to each other. Let's do the work.